Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. UCF is out of the Grayson McCall sweepstakes. Uh, That was a long couple of days on UCF Twitter. We're going to go into what other quarterbacks are an option for UCF and a couple of UCF transfers that are going to make a big impact for the night. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today or get to get in on the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Before we get into all the craziness... It's December. It's the month of giving. You know, it's gift-giving time. It's buying things time. It's also time to give back to Night Nation. Um, And what I mean by that is we finally, finally have hats available to purchase. So we've been kind of trying to get this ready, first edition, trying to get it done. Um, Not this hat. Um, We kind of just went simple. We didn't add anything else on it. But we have four hats available um, there's a couple ways if you know we have an Etsy shop we will be linking that down below um, for you if you'd like to purchase any of the hats obviously it is if you do not want to you do not have to um, but if you are a hardcore Knights fan or a hardcore charge on fan and you want to support the the channel um, I'll show you all the hats obviously we have the the original just straight black eyes now I want to make it very clear this there's limited stock for this first edition we have not many in all of these um obviously in the future we're going to look to improve them and and you know have more available but for this first first run out they are very limited so if you want one you're probably going to have to go right now and get one but we've got the original night eyes just the with the white eyes in the black hat let's see if I can do this quickly cuz obviously we want to get to UCF news we have the light mode hat so it's a white hat with the gold eyes obviously if you have a light mode jersey you could pair it well it's the same gold uh, with that light mode jersey so that's the second one we have the uh night mode night mode jersey so or the night mode hat so basically it's the gold eyes in the black hat just like again the night mode jerseys that have been really fire the past couple seasons and then on top of it, to top it all off, these are very limited. We have the Space 2023 inspired hat, which is the blue hat with the white eyes. These are very limited. These I know are going to go quick, and we're trying to find ways to even make them better. But these are our first edition uh, 2023 Space game inspired hats. So those are, again, all in the Etsy shop. Um, that is linked down below in the description. And again, we will be releasing more and again, making them even better and releasing different, you know, styles and everything like that. But I think in total, we have, I think like 40 hats or something in total. So if you really want one, 
definitely go down. And, you know, we tried to price them pretty reasonably for, for Knights fans. Um, so just go down the Etsy shop. And if you want one, go get one. And I'll also be at the bowl game. So if you see me at the bowl game, I'll have the hats on me um, on the 22nd. But if you want one now, um, I think they will come in time before Christmas because I'll get them out quick for you guys. So um, now that that is done, <laughs> I appreciate you guys sticking in there with me. Let's go on to the craziness that is UCF Twitter, quarterback issues. You know, it, it's been a, it's been a week since we've talked, and you know we were really excited last week. Me and Nick were pumped. Uh, we thought, hey, listen, Grayson McCall seems like he's going to be a knight, right? It was between NC State and UCF. Now, on the pod, we made it very clear. Listen, it's not going to be easy for UCF, right? You have Gus Malzahn. That is a huge factor for a lot of transfer players because, listen, guys won a national championship. UCF is a program that is on the rise. They're in the Big 12. It's in Florida. There's a lot of great things about UCF. But with Grayson McCall, he went to Coastal Carolina. He played in South Carolina at Coastal. He's from North Carolina. NC State is only a couple hours away from his, his hometown, his home. So I said, listen, if UCF was able to get Grayson McCall, it would be an incredible feat. It'd be incredible for the season next year. It would make UCF automatic Big 12 contenders because I think Grayson McCall, in my opinion, was the perfect fit for this UCF offense. Now, with that being said, I th- there's a lot of UCF fans, and, and listen, our fan base goes far and wide with a lot of different opinions and takes... Was I disappointed? Absolutely. I am still disappointed. Um, I'm not confident in the quarterback room that we have at the moment. Uh, I think Timmy McLean can do it. I'm not saying that Timmy is not a, a good starter. Uh, I think Timmy McLean can get the job done. But what Timmy McLean has proven time and time again is he does make those one or two mistakes a game that cost you a football game. I don't want to blame the Baylor loss on Timmy McLean because, frankly, I don't think it was his fault. I think that was mainly coaching and play calling. I think that was mainly what that game was about. But if you just go back and you look at some of the other games, Kansas State, you could probably put that game on Timmy, making some really dumb decisions. Kansas, again, I I think Kansas was just meant to be in that way. Um but you go back and you watch Timmy's film, and he has some great throws. He makes some great decisions. But there's certain moments he just does not make good decisions. What I liked about Grayson McCall is he's a proven winner. He's a proven guy that you you watch and you know he fits perfectly in the system, right? I mean, last year he had a weird year. It was like 10 touchdowns and six interceptions. But again, you can credit that to new head coach, new system, trying to get acquainted. You can credit that to a lot of things. Besides that, he I think he'd thrown six in his entire career. NC State is getting a good quarterback. For any UCF fan that was not wanting Grayson McCall, who there was there was a good chunk of them who didn't want Grayson McCall on the roster. They were fine with what we had. You got what you wanted. Now, some people are going to say that this was money, that this was NIL, that... Grayson McCall went to NC State because they offered more money and UCF couldn't compete because that's the narrative that has been pushed onto, you know, UCF fans is 
NIL's not going well. Nobody's de- nobody's um, making donations. And you're never going to be able to get the top players because we just don't have the money. I do not think, from what I've been hearing, I do not think money... I don't think there was any way that UCF couldn't compete with what NC State was offering. I do not know this for sure. I just want to throw that out there. My guess is Grayson McCall used UCF to kind of leverage himself for NC State. And listen, there's no harm in that. I, I think a lot of players do that. And listen, Grayson McCall, let's call it like it is. It, it was originally reported he was going to visit NC State, right? It was it was reported that uh, NC State coaches visited him, you know, in North Carolina, obviously close to NC State. It was a very easy trip. It wasn't reported until a day or so later that UCF... He would come to visit UCF. It was reported by Jamie Say that Gus traveled to North Carolina to visit with Grayson McCall. Call it like it is, UCF wanted Grayson McCall. But with that same time, you kind of get the feeling that Grayson McCall knew where he was going. He was coming here as a backup option. And then again, there was a second there where we all thought he was coming since it got reported that Ty Thompson was going, um, that another quarterback was going to NC State to visit. So... The thought process was, oh, Grayson McCall chose UCF because NC State's going after a bunch of different QBs. But then again, a couple hours after that, got reported, nope, they're not taking visits. Those visits have been canceled. So we all kind of assumed Grayson McCall is going to NC State. What does this mean for UCF? I don't think anybody really knows. Now we got a little bit of hint last night. Now granted, I'm recording this on Wednesday night at 634. That's when I'm recording this. There, a tweet got put out by our 2025 quarterback, EJ Colson, that he had big news today. So what would it mean for EJ Colson to reclassify and to be signing into the signing class for 2024, or 2023, 2024? You know, some people think QB1. Some people think could potentially be QB1. Here's the thing. Kid's 17 years old. He was not supposed to be coming, and let's let's call it like it is here. If this actually happens, if he is reclassifying and he is going to sign to this class and come in on this National Signing Day, he wouldn't have been able to even play. He was going to sign at next year's class. He'd be able to practice. He'd play in spring. But he wouldn't really suit up for the Knights until after next year. So he's basically jumping a full season ahead, potentially, to play for the Knights. 17 years old. Now, what quarterbacks do you have right now? You have Timmy McLean, obviously. We just went into that. You have Dylan Risk, who I think a lot of UCF fans are intrigued by. Now, for the UCF fans that are going out and saying, oh, this is Dylan's time, you know, we have faith in Dylan. I'm not saying you shouldn't. The reason why UCF needs to go and get a transfer quarterback, and they very well will, do not, UCF is going to sign a transfer quarterback. Now, he might not be a bona fide number one starter, but he's going to be a guy that can compete. You're not going to have a clear-cut number one probably until opening night. Right, it's not like last season where you kind of knew John Rice was was your number one. He was QB one heading into the season. We're heading into another JRP Mikey Keene situation. Heck, maybe you can make this. 
might be a three-headed QB competition, depending on what happens. You have Timmy McLean that I think right now is is slotted to be QB1, barring anything crazy. Like, obviously, for the Dylan risk lovers, listen, from what I've seen out of Dylan in our short amount of time on the field that he's been there, I've liked what I've seen. He's a prototypical Gus Hinshaw type of guy. But we don't watch practice. We don't see what's behind closed doors. If they really thought, and, and listen, I'm not, I, we have no idea, but if if Gus and Hinshaw really thought that Dylan was the, this guy, was the guy, why would they go after Grayson McCall? If they're like, we could start Dylan next year. Not saying he can never start, but if they were that confident that they could start him in year two, why they go after Grayson McCall? Because you would think, listen, we need to start developing some of our quarterbacks. We need to start giving our quarterbacks some playing time. We need to start trying to find that next guy. Because what you don't want to do is get into the situation of finding a quarterback in every single transfer portal class and just having one to two year rentals. Because then you'll never keep a quarterback on your roster. You'll never be able to develop one. And then really you won't get any quarterbacks in your high school classes because they're going to be like, they're not going to develop me. Right? With that being said, I don't know if Dylan Risk is ready. I think that's why they were going after Grayson McCall. I don't think, and I've told you guys this, I don't think the coaches are that confident in Timmy McLean. Now, the players sure are. I mean, Randy Pittman put out a a, a tweet kind of saying, we have faith in, in McLean, or McLean's our guy. But with that being said, the coaches clearly don't feel that, right? If the coaches had immense confidence in Dylan Risk to take over in year two, or if the coaches believed Timmy was just so much better in year two in the system than last year, why go after Grayson McCall? Why not throw bags at really good skill players or players that linebackers? And why go and say, huh, we'll maybe throw a couple hundred K at Grayson McCall, one of the top quarterbacks in the transfer portal? And again, I'm not saying these guys aren't capable. I want to make it very clear. I'm just saying actions speak louder than words. We don't need the coaches to say they're they're not necessarily that confident in what they have on the roster if you're going out and getting Tyler Shuck to come in and Grayson McCall to come in. So that leaves us with, right now, Timmy McClain quarterback one. Dylan Risk potentially lighting it up and he could, you know, him and Timmy in a quarterback competition or EJ Colson, EJ Colson today. Let's assume he reclassifies. Cause I don't know. Listen, I was talking to some people. I'm assuming it's a reclassify. I'm assuming he is reclassifying to this class. That makes the most sense. Can the 17 year old kid make a run for the starting role? This is Hinshaw's guy. I mean, so is Dylan, but Colson seems like he's kind of the one of the next man up. Can EJ Colson start in his first year at 17 years old in the Big 12? He can. But we need to pump the brakes. I know UCF fans get excited. They're like, oh, this is the next kid. This is the next guy. Dylan Gabriel was a phenomenon. It's very rare that a freshman quarterback, a true freshman, can come in take the starting job, and do as well as Dylan Gabriel did in his first year. Putting that type of pressure on EJ Colson can be detrimental. 
I if now granted, you know, you're getting EJ Colson, you're getting Riley Trujillo, and you have a lot of young guys in that room. A lot of young guys. I still think UCF brings in another guy. I don't know who that is. I think, you know, it could be Jordan McLeod. Do I love it? No, but he did really well last year, JMU. Could it be Matthew Slutka from Holy Cross? I like it. I think it's a veteran guy. See what he can do. It's very interesting. And listen, we'll go into some of the transfers that we, we've gotten the last, you know, couple days and how that will impact the team. But make no mistake, UCF fans can talk all they want about how confident they are in Timmy or Dylan. At the end of the day, you're going to go into opening day of the 2024 season worried. If Grayson McCall was on the roster, you'd go in, I think, feeling pretty confident in your team. But remember last year, you could feel all the confidence you want in the world. We all saw Timmy McLean play. I think we know what Timmy's got, and that could win you football games. But do you feel confident in Timmy McLean going into Gainesville that second week of the season or third week whenever we play Florida and, and getting a dub? Do you feel confident in Dylan Risk going into Gainesville and getting a dub? Do you feel confident in 17-year-old EJ Colson going into Gainesville, Gainesville and getting a dub? That's the question we have to all ask ourselves. There are some guys on the portal, I think, listen, that could do it. But unfortunately, I do think Grayson McCall was the guy that you could feel the most confident in going into next year. Any other guy that we put in that starting role, we're doing one of these. We're doing a we hope. We hope this guy is good. We hope he's going to transcend the position for UCF. We hope. He's going to put up big numbers. But we won't know until he takes the field. We won't know, really, until we get to the Florida game. We won't know. So it should be interesting. If EJ Colson reclassifies, I am not putting, and I'm assuming he is, we are assuming that EJ Colson is reclassifying in this podcast. That today... At some point today, you're going to be getting news that EJ Colson will now be in this class. I think all bets are off. I think all bets are off. I would not be one bit surprised if EJ Colson was your starter. But then again, I wouldn't be one bit shocked if Dylan Risk was your starter. And I certainly wouldn't be shocked if Tim McLean was your starter. Anybody else, by the way, that any other names, Xavier Williams, I'm sorry, no offense, n- no shot. Uh, Gunner Smith, I think, no shot. Like, call like it is. As of right now, if Gunner, or if Gunner, oh my lord, if EJ Colson is reclassifying, eh, it's a four man race because Riley Trujillo, who knows? He's the same. Like, Riley Trujillo could come in and take over. It's a four man race. I still think UCF gets a transfer, though. I still do. Now, we'll see. We will see, but it should be very interesting. This quarterback situation is going to be cuckoo for the next couple weeks until the the portal closes on the 4th because until UCF really nabs one, and they very well may not. UCF might say, we're not going after a quarterback. 
we've got EJ Colson who reclassified. We're coming in. I'm sorry, but okay, you have Timmy McLean, who was your backup last year, who didn't stink, but wasn't great. Dylan Risk, who was a true freshman last year. And then on top of that, you're adding two true freshmen. One that's, you know, clear-cut true freshman, and one that's, hell, supposed to be a senior in high school? I don't know. But it would open a very interesting quarterback competition. Very, very interesting. Like, this is like quarterback competition on steroids. It'd be a four-man race. Timmy would be leading early on. Like, as of right now, Timmy's your starter next year. But heck, what if, oh, it's crazy. Because then what if they had a transfer, which we're all assuming. Then it's a five-man race. Then it's all five have a shot at the job. Unless for some reason UCF goes out and gets one of the top quarterbacks still on the board right now, then it's okay. It's his job. Who knows, guys? Who knows? It'll be very interesting. I think that's one thing we can all say. Listen, it would have been nice to just relax and calm down and not have to worry about quarterbacks. But guess what? We're going to have to worry about quarterbacks. All right, let's talk about the two newest UCF Knights uh, that have just committed. We're going to be doing, obviously, post-January 4th, we're going to be doing a full breakdown on all these guys and kind of giving grades post the bowl game and stuff. But kind of just wanted to hop on here and talk about the first two that have joined in the last couple days. We had uh, Jabari Brooks commit on the 12th. Um, he's an interior offensive lineman. Listen, we said prior, or we said once the season ended, there's three positions UCF is going to go after. Offensive lineman, quarterback, linebackers. We've seen now that they started going after offensive linemen. I think this is a good one. Uh, Jabari Brooks has started 31 games at Sanford and uh, played both center and left guard. I think one of the most important things that UCF has to do in the portal when it comes to offensive linemen is getting guys that can play multiple positions. I think you saw that this season with how, listen, you don't want to have to shift guys around, but you want guys that can be flexible and be able to play different roles. Because again, like Bula, for example. Bula was basically just a center for us. Uh, Drake Metcalf, we had him at center, but then we moved him to left guard because he just wasn't that good of a center. Uh, which the on three rankings, we go kind of by on three here. Um, this this year, the on three rankings are a little bit weird. They had Drake Metcalf over this guy. They had Drake Metcalf at like an 88 overall three star. I'm like, that's crazy. Um, but he played four seasons with Samford, um, and he was a first team all Southern Conference this past season. Listen, I think you're losing some guys there. You're losing Lukahi Poule. You, which is, again, probably one of your most important, if not the most important player on that offensive line. Now, granted, you have guys that are still going to be there that I think can kind of keep some stability with that O-line. Um, who knows? You might see Walt Claire Flynn starting on the offensive line next year. It, anything's up in the air. But I think, again, that's quality depth, really good quality depth. And again, he potentially could start for you next year. Who knows? Especially with this offensive line, I have no idea who's starting next year. Because guess what? This offensive line that started for us this year, again, all bets are off sometimes with Herb Hand and who who goes in and who goes out. So um, glad to see a guy commit. And he was our first commit of the uh, the transfer portal class. And then today, after Grayson McCall uh, broke a lot of Night Nation's heart, um, Brian Threats committed to UCF. Obviously, 
if you guys are UCF fans, you kind of have heard this name when we play Cincinnati because uh, Brian Threats, you know, was a Bearcat for many seasons. He was on uh, the college football playoff team that went to the college football playoff for Cincinnati. Um, really been a player for the last two years for them. Um, but this past season, he had six pass defenses with 57 total tackles and two interceptions. He has four interceptions in the last two years, and he's the seventh top transfer safety in the 2024 on three rankings. From everything I've watched with this guy, number one, he plays with a fire. Uh, he got, he got, uh, he did not finish the game against UCF this past year because he got kicked out for making contact with a ref. Uh, and I, from what I've seen, he is a hard hitting safety. I mean, he he hits he he lays it on guys. He lays it on guys. Uh, now, granted, I've, I've, listen, I've read through the Cincinnati. He's one of Cincinnati's best players, called like it is. Um, Cincinnati fans don't want to admit that, uh, but he is one of Cincinnati's best players, uh, on defense at least. And I think when it comes to UCF in that position, safety corner, I think there's going to be a lot of competition. UCF brought in some guys last year in the transfer portal. I'm sure you'll bring in more. Plus, you have a lot of young guys at the position. I think, I mean, Nakai Martinez is going into year three now, which is crazy to think. I'm I'm aging by the day here. Uh, but you got Nakai Martinez playing. Hell, Braden Marshall's definitely earned a role. So, again, not saying that Threats is going to automatically be a day one starter for you. But it really does have really good competition. I think that's what UCF's really looking for. You haven't seen too many commitments yet. I'm sure we'll hear a lot more here in the coming days. But I think UCF knows what they need to do in year two in the Big 12. And that is especially on the defensive side of the ball, get the quality depth. The offensive line, defensive line, corners, and safeties are crucial uh, at making sure you have as many as humanly possible in case somebody goes down. I think UCF on the defensive line is pretty solid. I don't think they're going to get too many guys in the portal. Um, I think, oh, they even added, we'll, we'll talk um, when we go through the signing day class, which is in what, uh, seven days or I don't even know when the, that day is. But signing day, we'll be releasing a full breakdown of all the guys that, that we've gotten. Um, we added a new one like the other day. So we'll talk about him on, and he's a defensive lineman uh, next week when I think that, you know, whatever that day that is, all the days are kind of mixing together. We've got the bowl game coming up in a week. We got the bowl breakdown. We've got national signing day. This is, this is one of our chiller episodes just because it's like a little bit of a quarterback centered video here. All right, guys, I think that's it. I think that's all for this week. A um, little bit of a schedule uh, scheduling update. Next week, we'll be releasing our... Uh, because obviously, the bowl game is next... What? Next Saturday? Next Friday? I think it's next Friday. Next Friday. So, we'll be releasing our bowl game preview on Wednesday. Going through everything there is to know about Georgia Tech and the bowl game. And who will be playing, who won't be playing. What we can expect. Um, everything on that next week. If I think National Signing Day is next week. Bear with me. I'm by myself here. I'm pretty sure it's in a week, right? Obviously, you guys know because you're watching me. I'm pretty sure it's in a week. I can't find it. But I'm pretty sure it is a week from yesterday. So I think we might just do a a mumbo-jumbo episode of who signed with the Knights, uh, bowl game, all that good stuff. Or you might be getting three episodes next week. So good for you. Um, and then obviously, post-game, we'll do a breakdown that comes out directly after the bowl game 
Uh, and then we'll be kind of going into our one episode a week. So thank you again for tuning in to Charge On. As always, please like, subscribe, share, comment, do all that you do. We greatly appreciate it. Again, the hat link is down in the description below. If you want to purchase a hat, if you want one for Christmas, go ahead, hit that link and go buy them. They will go quick. I'm, I won't be making any more for a little bit, not too long, but if you want one and you like how they look, Go on it and buy one down below. All right, guys, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.